following audio is from Covenant Life Fellowship. And for, for more information about our church and to stay up to date on all sermons, events, and news, please visit our website at www.clfroseburg.com. The book of Romans is considered the greatest book of Christian doctrine, theology, and understanding ever written. In this letter, the Apostle Paul tells us about God's amazing work in Jesus Christ to save us from ourselves, to save us from the justice and wrath of God, and to give us a right relationship with God. That's what the very first 11 chapters of the book of Romans are all about. Now again this morning, we're going to see that the God of heaven has revealed himself in such a way that all of us have a clear idea of who he is. And he has provided for us a way to know him. So look with me at your first point in your outline, which is without excuse. And you're going to see this in verses 18 through 22. Notice that Paul says in verse 18 that the wrath of God is revealed against all people, ungodly and unrighteous, who suppress the truth. And then in verse 19, he tells us what that truth is. It's a truth about God, that God has made it plain and easy to see. And then in verse 20, he tells us that this truth about God is that his invisible attributes, his eternal power have been on clear display since the beginning of time. Meaning that just as we heard Bruce read to us from Psalm 19, The heavens are declaring the glory of God, and the skies above us are proclaiming God's handiwork. And it's been happening since God said, let there be light. Through this physical world, God is clearly revealing himself to such a degree that we are without excuse. The sun and the moon rise each and every day, giving us a rhythm to this world and showing us order in this world, which reveals to us that God is a God of rhythm and a God of order. The differences in animals and birds and humans reveal to us that God is a God of creativity and a God of great diversity. The vastness of the mountains and oceans reveal to us that God is a God of immense power. The fact that there's a constancy to this world. A day comes and a day goes. Over and over again, and all of us know that time stops for no one. Reveals to us that there is a God who is unchanging and who is constant. And knowing that this world has cause and effect, we see it all around us. You push a stone downhill and it rolls. Turn the key in your engine and Lord willing, it will start. Cause and effect, revealing that everything has a cause, a start, a beginning. Inferring that God is the ultimate cause, and all that we see is the effect. The mere fact that this world exists, and you are living in it and breathing in it, reveals that there is a God of heaven who is the cause of all of it. Clearly, Clearly, Paul says, God has revealed himself through what he has made. And in Romans chapter 1, Paul says something startling. Clearly, mankind suppresses the truth that is clearly being presented. 
That's why Paul wrote in verse 20 that we are without excuse. We suppress the truth that we have clearly seen and we do it on purpose. R.C. Sproul put it this way, the single sin that provokes God's wrath against the whole human race is the sin of suppressing the truth of what God reveals of himself in nature to the whole human race. It's an intentional, deliberate act by sinful man, knowing God exists, yet not being thankful for all that has done because we have suppressed the truth. And the results are absolutely tragic. You can see it in verses 20 and 21, 21 and 22, when Paul says they become futile in their thinking. They become darkened in their hearts, claiming to be wise. They become fools, and we worship the creation rather than the creator. In other words, in our sinful suppression of truth, what we think is enlightenment, God calls darkness. What we think is smart, God calls stupid. And because God's revelation is so clear, we are literally without excuse. We have no leg to stand on before him. And friends, this means, this means all of us. There's not one human except for Jesus who has not suppressed the truth about God at some point in our lives. We have all sinned against God. And we deserve, all of us deserve what is coming. So listen, if you wonder... What has happened to our world? What's happened to this beloved nation that we live in? What has happened? Here is what happened. We have suppressed the truth of God who has clearly revealed himself to us. And we are without excuse because God has made himself plainly known through what has been made. Now that leads us to the second point, which is the wrath of God revealed. You can see this in verse 18 and verses 24 through 32. See, it would make sense that if the God of heaven has clearly revealed himself through all he has made, and we intentionally and rebelliously suppress the truth, push it down, and try to throw it out, that there's going to be some sort of repercussion from the God of heaven or some, some if you will, act of justice or act of wrath from the God of heaven upon those who suppress the truth. And Paul says this very clearly in verse 18. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against this very rebellion. See, when we think of God's wrath, our tendency is to think it's no different than some abusive, angry father who just jumps out of his seat to slap us around a little bit, who might be vindictive or spiteful. But God's wrath is way different than that. First, because he is, he is perfect in all of his ways and absolutely righteous in all of his character. And second, because his character and his personality do not allow him to fly off the handle. He cannot do it. So his act of wrath or his act of justice is an act of perfect righteousness being displayed. God's wrath is his perfect and holy animosity to our suppressing the truth about him. It's God's refusal to accept or agree with our arrogant suppression of the truth. It is the just 
penalty that our rebellion before God deserves. Now what's interesting is what Paul actually says about this wrath in Romans chapter 1. See, our our tendency we think about the wrath of God is, is something in the future and it is eternal. And that is absolutely true. It's absolutely correct. For those at the end of their lives who have not trusted in Jesus as their Savior and King, there will be an eternal judgment before God that that person, and if that's you, you will live with for all of eternity. Separated from God, separated from God's people, separated from the love and peace that God's world will be filled with. But notice what Paul says about God's wrath. It's actually very interesting. It says, it is revealed from heaven. Meaning, God's wrath is something that we actually see on earth right now. It's something that Paul was already seeing in his world. And you'll notice what it is. In verses 24 through 32, you're going to notice three times Paul uses the exact same phrase. And the phrase is this. God gave them up. Verse 24. God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. Verse 26. God gave them up to dishonorable passions. Verse 28. God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. In other words, God's wrath is revealed from heaven by God giving people over to the things they want and crave as they suppress the truth. In his commentary, and this is in your notes, John Stott quoted John Ziesler who wrote these words. Now listen carefully. God's wrath operates not by God's intervention, but precisely by His not intervening. By letting man and men and women go their own way. God abandons stubborn sinners to their willful self-centeredness and the resulting process of moral and spiritual degeneration is to be understood as a judicial act of God. This is the revelation of God's wrath from heaven. So here's what this means. When you see in your world the moral decadence all around you. When you see an advertisement for an abortion clinic, when you hear a goofy law like we're going to turn Oregon into an animal sanctuary, when you see people who hate God, when you hear the world applauding sinful acts, rejoicing in sinful things, and then become angry at those who might say, no, that's actually sinful against God. What you're seeing, what you're seeing is the wrath of God revealed from heaven. If you've ever wondered, what does God think of the mess we're in, this is it. If you've ever wondered, is God real? Well, he spoke in creation, he's real. But it also says, if you've ever wondered if his wrath is real, just look around you and see all the moral decline and people being given over to their own sinful acts. What does it reveal? It reveals the wrath of God has been revealed. If you've ever wondered if God is real, his wrath is real, if you ever wonder if God sees all of it, 
Romans 1 tells you very clearly, it's all real, God is real, His wrath is real, and He sees it all. He's allowed it to happen. He's given people over to their sinful activities to reveal His wrath. See, God's wrath is revealed from heaven by giving humans who suppress the truth about Him over to all manner of wicked and evil acts. And the end result, Paul says, is people are so depraved in their thinking that they actually believe that is the right and correct way to live, and they think it will bring them eternal joy and satisfaction. And then they applaud those who do such activities knowing the wrath of God is being revealed by these sinful activities. Now you might wonder, when I read this list in Romans 1, I mean, these, these seem like fun things to do. These seem like things that people can do. and Just expressing love for one another. Is God just against us having fun and expressing any manner of love that we might want to? The answer is no. God's not against fun, but as one commentator said it very clearly, this reveals to us that God takes sin so seriously. Because God knows how destructive sin is to this world, to our families, to our marriages, to our friends, and that God has a better idea of what humans are to experience. And so much so that God's ultimate plan for man's end, who looks to God, is a world where there is no sin at all. So friends, look around you. The suppression of the truth, the clear truth of God is everywhere. It's everywhere. Our world is divided. It's unloving. It's chaotic. Friends and family are at odds with one another. Sexual deviation is everywhere. The most vulnerable among us are murdered. And it's applauded. You cannot flip on the Olympics without within two minutes you're being inundated with sexual perversion. This reveals that God is real, that God's justice and wrath is real, and that God has a way better way. He has a better plan, which is our last point, which is the righteousness of God revealed. We're going to see this in verses 16 and 17. Now, the title of the sermon, if you're looking at your outline, is The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Not a Clint Eastwood movie. It actually is, but... You know, I was going to title it The Bad, The Ugly, and The Good, but Perry said, no, I can't do that. So The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. We have looked at the bad. We've looked at the ugly. Let's look at the good. We've seen in verse 18 that the wrath of God is revealed. But notice what Paul wrote in verse 17. He says, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. The righteous shall live by faith. All humans, allowing humans to live in their illicit sin, their explicit sin against God, and giving them over to these sins is a way that God's wrath is revealed. But here's a question. How is God's righteousness revealed? And even further, if those are unrighteous who suppress the truth, the plain truth about God, how can they be righteous? Well, Paul's answer to these questions is verse 16. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it, the gospel, is the power of God for salvation to anyone who believes. 
And in that gospel, in that gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. The gospel is the good news of God concerning His Son, Jesus, and how God saves us. Humans who suppress the clear truth about God, how God saves us from ourselves, and how He saves us from His wrath. The gospel is the good news that God sent Jesus Christ, His Son, into this world to live as a human. And Jesus didn't suppress the truth of God at all. He perfectly obeyed every one of God's commands, and He died an innocent death in our place. And He did it, Jesus did it, to save us from ourselves. He did it to save us from the God-gave-them-up wrath of God. He did it because Jesus knows, and God knows, left to ourselves, left to our own devices, we as humans will always run toward the decadence that is listed in Romans chapter 1. But those who put their faith in Jesus are made right with God, are given the power to live righteously before God. Jesus did all this to save us from ourselves. This is why Paul said, I'm not ashamed of this gospel. Because he knew something. It's the only power on earth that can save us from the wrath of God that is being revealed and to save us from ourselves. The way to be right with God is revealed in the gospel of Christ. The righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel of Jesus Christ. As Kevin DeYoung has said, it is indeed true, there are many ways that lead to God. But there is only one that leads to a pleasant encounter with him. And his name is Jesus. Milton Vincent wrote it this way, Outside of heaven, the power of God in its highest density is found inside the gospel. Nothing else in all of scripture is ever described this way except the person of Jesus Christ. This indicates that the gospel, listen clearly, is not only powerful... But it is the ultimate entity by which God's power resides and God does His greatest work. Now just think about this for a moment before we go get some pad thai and some barbecue and play a little wiffle ball. This means if you want to escape the eternal wrath of God and you don't want to live and let God give you up to your own sinful devices... You need Jesus as a Savior. You need Christ. The only way to be forgiven of your suppression of the truth, and the only way to be made right with God, is through the gospel, the power of God. So listen, maybe as you're here this morning, you've suddenly read Romans 1, and you've looked at your life and realized, oh my word, I think I've suppressed the truth, and God has been giving me over. This morning you realize the only answer to that is Christ. And we tell you right where you're at right now, turn your life to Christ. Believe in Christ. Trust in Christ. Tell Him that you believe. Tell Him that you want to change and you want Him to be the King of your life. And then do something. Visit with somebody afterward about that. But this also means something for us as Christians. Listen, you can rest, Christian, in this fact that your God in heaven has given us, the church, you, God's people, the only power in the world that can change the human heart. 
It's not by your social media feeds or how loud you say things or how many exclamation marks you put in your text. The only thing that can change the human heart is the gospel. The gospel is the only answer to what ills our world. The only way that darkened eyes can see is through the light of the gospel. The only way foolish minds can be opened is through the wisdom of the gospel. The only way sexual deviancy can be transformed is through the life-changing power of the gospel. So Christian, listen very clearly. You can rest in that fact. You hold within you this incredible treasure, even though you're just a broken jar of clay. Know the gospel. Study the gospel. Preach the gospel to yourself daily and share the gospel with your life and your lips. You, you, you have within you the hope of the gospel that is the only answer to what is illing this world. Let me add one last thing to this. Romans 1 indicates to us we don't have to be shocked by the sin in this world anymore. God has already told us why it's here. You know what's here? Because humans everywhere at all times have suppressed the truth of God that he has clearly revealed about himself. Harvard University at one time suppressed the truth of God, of the God who is here. People in our world all around us at one time, have suppressed the truth about God who they know exists. God has been pushed aside to the circumference of every part of our world. And the reality of His wrath, the reality of His justice, is here. He sees. He has not ignored. He has allowed. And here's what's amazing. He's put us as children of God in this world with the only answer to help. Let's pray. Father, this morning we are freshly aware as we look around that you have given things over to people. It doesn't have to take a decadent world for us to see that, Lord. We've seen it since the beginning of time. When Adam and Eve said they wanted to obey their own rules and not God's. We see in the book of Judges went over and over and over again, you gave them over. And over and over again, you kept coming to save. And it's ultimately found in our Savior Jesus because, Lord, over and over we gave ourselves to sin. And you sent a Savior, the Eternal One, the Perfect One, the One whom all judges and kings and law point to, and the One whom fulfills all of those things. To say to us, there's only one answer, and His name is Jesus. It is not found in a government changing. It is found in hearts being transformed by the power of the gospel. And Lord, into the church, you have given us the gospel that we might steward, that we might share, that we might declare, that we might demonstrate. Help us to not back away, 
to not back up, but instead to engage in every part of this community and this world for the sake of the gospel. Whether that be as a mom training her children or a a guy who is being a garbage collector serving Jesus or a lawyer who's representing Christ or, or a logger who is in the woods doing his work or her work. Lord, help us to be people who represent the gospel at every turn. Because it's, it's the only answer. And then, Father, we pray, as you promised, that as the gospel goes out and it's preached, that you open up hearts. And we pray this morning, there may, there's a friend here today, Lord, who doesn't know you, and we pray that you would stir their heart today to believe in you. There's a next-door neighbor that we're going to talk to this week that needs to hear from us and needs to see us demonstrate and declare the hope of the gospel. We pray that you turn them to Christ. And then, Father, over time, as your gospel does its work, we trust you to fulfill everything to your end for your glory and for the good of your people. Magnify in our eyes and hearts the power of God found in Christ and his gospel. And let us not lose heart in this world because you, Jesus, have overcome it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This sermon has been proudly given in response to cherishing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and subscribe to watch all our sermons online. For more information about Covenant Life Fellowship, visit us on the web at www.clfroseburg.com.